This is the Come Follow Me podcast with Jaron Bunny. Each week, I'll get with a group of church members from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Los Angeles area to discuss the Come Follow Me manual. This church is for people to come and make a home. When we put the church first, we're actually putting others first. I know that I can't do things in the name of Christ unless the Spirit is accompanying me. We all have the power to make the right choice. Their interpretations, feelings, and insights to help you study. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Come Follow Me podcast. This week, we studied Matthew 13, Luke 8, and 13. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I got to sit down with Michael and Jameson, my ministering brothers. And before we start, if you have a comment or insight from the previous podcast, go ahead and go follow my Instagram for the podcast at CFM podcast and leave a comment and an insight on a photograph or you can direct message me. Jill from Lehigh, Utah made a comment and this is what she said. Making and keeping sacred covenants yokes us to and with the Lord Jesus Christ is by his covenants, keeping them that our burdens are light. So many times we look for outside ways to relieve our burdens, alcohol, overly obsessive working out, or leaving responsibilities with all play. But Binar says, sometimes we mistakenly may believe that happiness is the absence of a load, but bearing a load is a necessary and essential part of the plan of happiness. <gasps> Thank you so much for the comment, Jill. We learned so much from it. Okay, let's start this week's podcast. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> What's your names? Who are you? I'm Michael. I'm from Portland, Oregon. How long have you been in the ward? Oh, two years. That's a long time. I know, right? Yeah. I went to BYU and I came out here and um, yeah, that's me. My turn? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm Jameson. I am from North Carolina. I've been in the ward four years, four and a half. Oh my. <laughs> uh, I came out here to study film. Um, and acting, and um, the end. That's great. That's what I have. So, you guys are my ministering brothers. We should just That's put that right. out there. That's true. Yes. <laughs> so, Jameson's like, what can we do for you? And I was like, uh, be on my podcast. <laughs> so, thanks for ministering, guys. I really yeah, appreciate it. Of course. So, okay, this week we're studying Matthew 13 and Luke 8 and Luke 13. Um, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. First off, okay, so it's basically the parable of the sower is what I feel like it got deeper into. They do that like two or three times, right? Yeah, they keep keep talking about it. So I looked up parables. And the Greek word for parable means side-by-side comparison. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like it's side-by-side. And then I got deeper into it. And I was like, why parables do you guys know why they had parables like why christ used parables why, or why there were parables or why christ used parables? why he used them uh well actually in one of the verses it actually explains so yeah in matthew 13 uh the, the, the 10th verse the disciples come and then they ask why do you talk to them in parables why do you use parables yeah and his immediate answer is because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given and he's speaking to his disciples because 
well, one, they asked, and two, the, the parables are a way for Christ to teach without condoning or condemning anybody who doesn't otherwise right. understand. Yeah. So it allows room for people to interact with the Spirit and learn the mysteries of the kingdom. It's of kind of mysterious, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Like, it, you needed to, you actually have to be spiritually prepared to understand these stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about being spiritually prepared, too. So it's kind of like you're in a dream within a dream. Like, you have to be prepared to understand about being prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of goes right into kind of the topic of what we were talking about today. Let him, you know, with ears to hear, let him hear. Right? Yeah. Because I was kind of thinking about that and how it related to parables. And when I read that for the first time, I was just like, okay, so everyone who has ears hear, right? Right, right. But it doesn't actually say that. It says ears to hear, let him hear. It doesn't just say ears to ears, let him hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, I was thinking like, what does it mean to have ears to hear? You know, and what's the difference between just having normal ears and actually ears to hear. And so I was actually thinking about um, like when I want to learn something, like what's the difference? Like for me, like I went to BYU, right? And some people loved American heritage. I didn't, right? (laughs) And I I was there as a music major. And so my music classes, I was super excited to go learn. And I was just like absorbing everything in. And I was like, I would even buy textbooks that I didn't have to and like look at them like crazy nerd stuff, right? You're into it. And then American Heritage, I was just like, what's the lowest grade that I have to get to pass this class? You know what I mean? (laughs) And I like would go to class sometimes, but I wouldn't be, I didn't have ears to hear, you know, I wasn't actually preparing myself to learn. I didn't like want to learn. And so for me, like ears to hear is just like wanting to absorb um, everything that you can and really like having that hunger for knowledge of the gospel and, and what is, well, one of the questions that it says is like, what can you do to cultivate good ground in yourself? Mm. So it talks about the parable of the sower, mm-hmm. which is you got the sower throwing out the seeds. Some are getting cast into stony places. Yeah. Some yeah, are yeah. getting like, eaten up by the birds, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Some don't take root, and some get cast into thorns, Mm -hmm. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And as I was reading more into this, and I was looking at, who was it? Oaks. What Oaks was kind of, there's an actual talk that's part of this, Dallin H. Oaks, The Parable of the Sower. I don't know if you guys read it. Did you guys read it? No. No. So he kind of talks more into it, and he's like, okay, the ones that fell by the wayside are teaching a heart who is hardened that can't grow the ones that have no root it's like you're converted to missionaries but you're not converted to the gospel we know like probably members like that like they they bond Mm -hmm. with the missionaries Mm -hmm. but they're not really bonded with the gospel per se or maybe they're they like certain things and aspects of the church like um that were all ministering to each other or they like that fact of like welfare like things about the church the characteristics of the church but maybe they don't understand the fullness of the gospel yeah so that would be like you don't have roots in it and then thorns one of the um things that he talked about is like material riches Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting too well he said that 
it's not bad to seek for like income, like money. Right. It's bad when you put it in front of Christ. Right. And like, that's the key difference there. I was thinking about it in terms of my own life. And I have to admit, like, sometimes I'll take on like two or three extra freelance jobs just because I'm like, ooh, extra money. But then it's like, maybe I'm not ministering as much as I could because it's taking up my time after work where I could be studying the scriptures or it could be helping someone in need. And I was like, shoot, I have thorns in my life. <laughs> I have thorns. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to admit it, but I sometimes do have thorns in my life. Yeah. Well, I really love this parable because um, I love gardening. What? <laughs> I didn't know this about you. <laughs> yeah. I used to have like a garden when I was a teenager and I used to like sell produce to restaurants and stuff growing what? up. What? I know, right? And it so, makes it sound a lot more humble and modest than it really was. Like he's, he, he was really good. You knew this? this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known this for a while. Um, which is why I was kind of excited he was here today because there's a lot of gardening. <laughs> there's so much gardening. There's so many analogies. Oh. <laughs> Don't look at my garden outside. Literally dead from the winter. I just let it die. I, I did oh, kind of notice. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Not oh, to say no. that I'm actually that great though, because I do kill plants too. Okay. You know, I, I go both ways. You know. <laughs> I've got a tomato plant right now. That's, that's what you, you literally came in and said, what happened to that plant? It's gone. And oh, I was yeah. like, it died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I've, I've killed my fair share of plants. Oh, but God. it's so interesting to me how um, he uses, you know, the seed in this case is a metaphor for the word of God and how we have to plant that in ourselves, whether we're, uh, and we have to prepare the soil, which is us, yeah. so that it's ready to receive that seed, which is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right? But how do you prepare your soil? What does that mean to everyone's different, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's something that I thought was really interesting, too, because it was talking about tares, right? Or I like to think of it as weeds, you know, that are right. that you have to first pull them out for you to plant the seed in the first place to give it a chance but they're going to keep growing back throughout your life. So you have to keep pulling out those weeds. weeds. And so like for me, weeds could be pride. They could be, um, you know, like wanting riches or something like that. Yeah, yeah, wanting yeah. fame, glory, that sort of thing. Putting those things in front of Christ. Um, they could be physical possessions. They could be anything that's holding media. media. Yeah. All these things that are weeds that I had to pull out in the first place, but they keep growing back and, and I've got to just keep pulling them out throughout my whole life, you know, just to like yeah. make sure that I'm always prepared and willing to, um, to have that to, good soil. Yeah. To have the good soil to that will not only receive the word of God, but will also help it grow within me. Right. Know? right. Mm-hmm. Hey there, this is editing Jaren. I couldn't find a scripture and it took us a long time on the podcast. So I kind of edited out us searching for a specific scripture. So if it seems kind of jumpy, that is why. Could you read (laughs) the scripture now? (laughs) Yes. uh, 8.15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit and patience. And patience. Okay. Thank you. With patience. I was thinking about, you know how right now... The California poppies 
are popping over in like poppies are popping. Poppies are popping over in the Southern California area, like Orange County area. I, Have you seen the pictures no. on Instagram? Well, no. there's like these fields of poppies, and everyone's like getting really excited going out there right now to take photographs. Mm-hmm. A lot of Instagrammers, anyways. But antelope has poppies too, but they have yet to pop. Hmm. And there, I was looking because that's where I wanted to go. It's just an hour away from us. Hmm. So I was looking at it and I was like, man, like the poppies aren't popping yet. Like why? <laughs> like why are those ones faster than the other ones? Yeah. And I was like, maybe it's bad soil. But yeah. then I looked further and they're like, oh no, we're anticipating them to come out next month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess I just have to be patient. And then I thought about it and I was like, sometimes with ourselves, we have to be patient. So like, sometimes you can look at just Lou, right? And be like, I want to be just as spiritually rooted as as just Lou. Like she gets the gospel. And sometimes I have to be like patient with myself and my soil. Yeah. I will get there. It might just be. And another spring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there, 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 there are two instructions in this verse that the, the Savior gives to us. Uh, and one is the patience that we have to just be patient before this fruit is given to us. Because faith, as we understand, is a gift to us. Yeah. In fact, early on when um, the apostles ask him about the parables and why he teaches parables, he makes a point to say that Bless, blessed are your eyes. For you can have eyes and you can see. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to explain that just because you're good, and there are many who are good and righteous yeah. that want to hear the word and understand it, but don't. Yeah. And he brings up this point because it's not all in us. It's in how the Savior gives us what we need when we need it. And part of this is the ability to understand. And he gives that to us when, when we need it. Um, and that comes back to this because sometimes we just have to be patient and wait for him to give us the faith that we need. But the point is that we're waiting for him and that we're doing all we can because the other point in the scripture, the other thing we're supposed to do is keep the word because the word itself is the gospel. And with the gospel, there's a lot of commandments and things that we're supposed to do and keep such as right. the sacrament. Right. And as long as we do our best to keep that word and have patience, he'll give us what we need. Yeah. It's just, I think it's hard. It's harder said than done. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. So hard to have that patience and like the faith, like you said, Mm -hmm. because we live in a world that is just instant gratification. We just want to instantly be better. Or like, perhaps you hear someone share their testimony about the Holy Ghost speaking to them. You're like, well, the Holy Ghost doesn't speak to me in that way. Like, I don't, I'm still seeking for that gift or whatnot. Yeah. And it's hard to have the patience to be like, in the faith, to be like, it's going to happen though one day for me. Well, and it makes me think too, when you're talking about how can we prepare our soil, you know, and and maintain our soil rich, you know, so that we're ready for the word of God. Farming again, right? (laughs) Gardening. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to think about gardening. Well, he's talking about it, right? That's what I'm saying. It's okay. (laughs) Well, we always have this... um, there's like a half acre garden in our front yard yeah. growing up. Wait, a half what? There's a half acre. Oh, acre. A half okay. acre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Figure and I'm like, is that a fruit? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we use the same plot of land over and over, right? Uh-huh. And we till it every year so that it would be nice and, you know, good, good soil. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But after several years, we'd till it and it would look fine, but we realized that the plants weren't getting all the nutrients that they needed, that the nutrients were getting dried out, you know, of the soil because we kept reusing it over and over and over. And so what my dad ended up doing was he ordered an entire dump truck of chicken poop. Yum, yum. Literally liquid chicken poop. Gross. That, <laughs> how, how much does that run? Like, cause that's, that's oh, I don't, seems like it shouldn't be expensive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I, why would they gather chicken poop like that? I think so Someone did, yeah. I guess, you know, and there was this giant sprayer on the back of it. And this guy just rode through the field with a giant sprayer of chicken poop and just sprayed the whole, Anchor. it was, I think it was a whole ton of chicken oh, poop. Oh my goodness. Just all over wow. the whole half acre garden. I'm sure it smelled great afterwards. That was the thing. <laughs> We didn't really anticipate that the how potent <laughs> yeah. it really was. Oh, we would walk oh, out our front door for literally like three or four months after that, and it would just be like hit us in the face, just oh, like all no. the neighbors must hate us. But um, but you know, it, it gave nutrients to the soil again. Yeah. And so then I was actually thinking, you know, sometimes in our own lives, we could be thinking, you know, I'm going to I'm going to church. I'm not doing drugs. I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm keeping the law of chastity. I'm keeping the word of wisdom all as well. But it's not the things that we're adding to ourselves to like make our soil rich, like reading our scriptures, like going to the temple, like doing personal prayer, like all those things that add richness to our soil so that we're ready to receive the word of God. It's like you constantly have to take a mental checklist to yourself and just be like, I mean, maybe that's what the Sabbath days could also be for to take a break and be like mentally like, okay, like this next week, am I allowing the Savior more in my life? Or look at your last week and be like, how was my soil last week? Was it pretty dry? Do mm-hmm. I need that chicken poop? Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? What's the chicken poop in our life? What's the chicken poop that we need to add <laughs> to our soil? It could be yeah, going uh, to the temple. It could be reading our scriptures more. It could be simply ministering to a sister in need. I don't know. Like, And it's interesting too because – you know, non-fertile soil from the outside looks almost the same as fertile soil. Like you can't really tell the difference, you know? That's, that is interesting. Cause don't you think like sometimes in our lives that like you kind of the smell apparently, (laughs) but sometimes week by week, it kind of does feel the same, Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it could be different Yeah, and we don't even notice it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and uh, something about this, there are several uh, iterations of the sower and where the seeds land that, right. that Christ points out here. And each of them has a purpose um, to us because we've been focusing a lot on kind of, you know, the one that says the, the you get fruit, the, the good one, right? Yeah. Because that's what we want to be. Uh, but by doing that, we kind of miss over what the other ones teach us. For example, the first seeds that fell by the way and were snatched up by seeds the Savior goes on to explain that that the the or I'm sorry, snatched up by fowl, fowl of the air. The birds come by, snatched right, 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 right. And the Lord explains that that is that's the devil sweeping in and taking out the word, lest we have a chance to hear and believe it. And that one was interesting to me because that doesn't actually fall on us except the area that we're in. So if we're in a place in our lives where we're surrounded by a lot of temptations, surrounded by a lot of bad influences we're going to have a lot of people in our lives who when we are taught the gospel and we hear this word we present it to them and they're going to justify why that's not true 
and they're going to snatch it away before we really have a chance to understand it and believe it ourselves. And that's just the first one, right? The second one goes on and he says, um, what is it? What is it? The, the roots because the seeds fall in the rocky places. And that's, those are the people who hear the word um, but they're not like fully converted, but they're not fully converted because he goes around. He says, because of temptations, they're pulled away. Yeah. Um, so th- it's important to find a place where you can put your roots down and let them be, uh, I don't want to say soiled because that sounds gross, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be n- nurtured, nutrition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nurture? You guys nurtured? Nurtured. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, but you can be nurtured by by those around you and just your setting to let it kind of your your seeds grow uh, your roots go deep yes. so that when temptations do come because they will come that's Always. just life but just even when you fall and like you screw up you don't go away you don't stop going to church you don't stop reading your scriptures it's just you're there you know you stick yes. around well and that's what that scripture is talking about too um if you just give me a second to look it up real quick yeah okay so in Matthew thirteen five, it says some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. So that's exactly what Jameson's talking about right there. Yeah. It's just, you know, from the outside, it might even be a rock covered with a little bit of dirt, you know, and so yeah. you plant it. You think, oh, this is fine. This is fine. And then it, it starts to sprout a little bit, but as soon as it tries to build deep roots it can't and then the sun comes or a trial comes you know and all of a sudden she's just gone it's gone you know oh um on the other okay this other part that they have um jesus parables help me understand the growth and destiny of his church let's get into it the wheat and the tares the wicked and the righteous grow together until until the end of the world um and then there was also the parable of the mustard seed, how like it's small, but then when it is planted, it will grow into a big tree. Is this talking about how the gospel was small at first, but it's going to grow and become larger over time and like how big it has become and it's going across. Is that what it's talking I, about? I think it refers not necessarily to the gospel as, as like a foundation. Foundation like, of it? Um, no, no, not like, because when we say gospel, we think of the word and then whatever right. it means. Right. Sorry, I mean like the church. Um, yes. I was thinking the church. Yeah. Like the church as in the the kingdom of heaven on earth. Yes. So um, still growing. It's still, it's still um, becoming this great thing. And what I like about the mustard seeds, because I looked up mustard seeds and how big they grow. And like oh. as a kid, I always thought mustard seed trees were like one of the biggest trees ever. Because like the parable is like, they're tiny trees. Like compared to trees, they're small trees. But Christ also makes a point to say it's the greatest of the herbs. He doesn't say it's the greatest. Yes, it's the herbs. herbs. And the fact that it's so small Mm -hmm. and then it becomes the greatest of the herbs shows something, I feel. And I think my favorite part of it was at the very end that I never really hear much is how he always puts on that little stipple at the end so that it can become uh, homes for fowls. Yes. I read that and I was like, what does that mean? And I think it's important that we understand that this this church is for people to come and make a home. Oh. Mm. That's why it's so great. Other herbs grow pretty big, maybe not as big as a mustard seed, but there's a, there's a reason it's a tree, right? There's a reason the mustard seed grows into a tree and, come, and birds come and, and nest, nest there. there. 
Yeah. And that's, there's a reason he used that one. And it's more than just how tiny it was. is because yeah. it turns into a home for other creatures. I never thought of it that way. Jameson, bring it down the throat. <laughs> yeah. I also had to say, I love the quote that Nelson just did on the dedication of the Rome Temple. The dedication of the Rome, this is what he said. The dedication of the Rome Italy Temple is a hinge point in the history of the church. Things are going to move forward at an accelerated pace. The church is going to have an unprecedented future unparalleled. We're just building up to what is ahead now. It is getting me pumped up. I'm spiritually <laughs> pumped about what is going to happen. Dude, take your vitamins is what he said. To yeah. quote the prophet, I, take yeah. your vitamins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, vitamin G for gospel. And <laughs> vitamin S for sacrament. Um, but isn't that like, doesn't it get you excited? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one? No. Uh, no, you're not. You're not. It's a wonderful time to to be a member of the church. I think so too. I think it's an exciting time to absolutely. be a member of the church. And seeing all these changes, and honestly, saw and and, and parts. I'm not going to lie. It's a little vindicating for me because growing up, I always saw these things and like. The, the use of the word Mormon was something that was kind of always read me the wrong way. Like how sure. people were like, yeah, call us Mormons. Like, I get it. That's how people understand who we are. But this transition to bring back Christ into the name of it yeah. has been so liberating for me just in that small part because it's like, yes, he says in the scripture several times, the church is to be called me, not just like written on a piece of paper somewhere and referred to something as else. Yeah. His name is the most important word we can have in our church. Oh, Calling ourselves true. Christians because we are Christians. That is yeah. the, that's, that's the definition in, in the book of Mormon, they call themselves Christians, you know, that's the word yeah. they use. So for us to separate us from that word, I think was kind of a step backwards. Right. Um, but it's, it's wonderful to see all these things come to light because it, it feels like truth. It does. And it feels like revelation. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really excited for a general conference. I'm like, <laughs> count down the days. I'm like so pumped to know what he's going to say. Mm -hmm. New instruction that he might say, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's very important because Christ is coming soon. Soon? We do know it's soon. We know he's coming soon, right? Yeah. Um, and that's We're watchers. important because we need to be ready. And if yeah. he had come these last few years before this, he probably might not have recognized his church. And that's true. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Could you imagine we're all like waiting and thinking that our church, you know, is is for him and waiting uh, and then it's like, I don't know, uh, you guys. I don't know you guys. Oh, yeah. that would be heartbreaking yeah that would be right. heartbreaking because that was one of his instructions we were called by his name every week we take on his name yeah and if we don't go to others and call ourselves christians like if we don't call ourselves by christ's name and he comes and calls us by the name of christ and we don't recognize that then we're not that's with gonna it. Be an issue. that's a problem <laughs> that's, that's a problem gonna... well i i quoted this on the podcast already but like when holland came for the leadership training he said when Christ comes again and he was looking at all, all the leaders, he's like, you guys have to, like, he has to know you as a true disciple. And when I was reading about, um, come follow me, there was um, a lesson that it was like, to be a true disciple, you have to put Jesus Christ first. And I was like, there you go. Yeah. It is that sure. simple. You have to put him first. You got to be ready when he comes. Let's get going now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Next question that I have for you guys is what am I willing to sacrifice for the church? Which is like a power. I said, mm -hmm. 
I put in my notes, powerful. Question. <laughs> Do you guys have any thoughts? I mean, I've got a couple. I want to hear your thoughts first. first. You want Jaren's first? Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I can go first. Okay. Um, I am going to quote Dallin H. Oaks' talk. And he is talking about, um, I think it was like a BYU professor. And um, he says, mm-hmm. our commitment is supposed to be a test. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be impractical in the terms of this world. And I was thinking about impractical in the terms of this world. And I was thinking about sacrifice and what's, what some people in the world would seem impractical about us, like the things that we sacrifice, like Sabbath day. Whenever I have to talk to my coworkers about the Sabbath day, I'm like, oh, I can't go to that um, farmer's market. It's on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. They're like, that seems impractical. Or like, I'm like, oh, like pay 10% of my um, money to tithing. That might seem impractical to some people or word of wisdom or some people don't watch R-rated movies, which might seem impractical to other people in the world. Right. And I thought, that's a really interesting take on it. What is, what are things that we sacrifice that the world seems to be like that would be impractical? I I think Sunday is a big thing, especially I've got several friends. I mean, here in LA, I have friends who aren't members of the church and they do a lot of different things and they want to invite me to go out on Sundays and they say, Hey, you want to go grab Taco Bell? Like just, swing yeah. Around. you know, and it's like, I can't, and I've, I've done my best to make it a very clear thing to them that Sundays are days I don't go out. You know, I don't go buy things. This is, this is my spiritual day. It's a religious day. And they're very respectful for it. And it's, I think it's because I am so clear with them up front yeah. that they respect it, but sometimes they forget. Sometimes they ask it. And I can imagine being in their shoes saying like, it's very, like, this is one of the only days we have off to hang out with each other. And right. now I can't go out and hang with them and like go to these parties and stuff on Sunday because it's my Sabbath. Right. And it's very kind of detrimental and impractical for our friendship, but is very important for me to put the savior before them. Exactly. You have to put him before others. I think uh, another way of looking at it too, is that um, the church is full of sons and daughters of God right? Yeah. Our brothers and sisters. And so when we put the church first, we're actually putting others first and serving others, Yeah. which then in turn serves Christ. Yeah. Something that Amy said uh, during Sunday school, she was talking about how she's a Harry Potter nerd Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how she was like, her mom said to her one day, like, I think you need to not read Harry Potter on Sunday. And she was like, I think God would love Harry Potter, mom. Like, I think it's fine. And then, um, but she was like, you know, that was my current obsession. And she was like, I had to take a step back and be like, I, on Sundays, I need to leave my current obsessions behind. Mm -hmm. And I like how Jess said, like, you literally need to make time just for you and the Lord on a Sunday. Yeah, it's very, it's very real. I think people will take advantage of their relationship with the Lord because it's kind of yeah. ethereal. You, it's not like someone you go meet in a cafe and like, hey, right. in a movie. It's someone you talk to and you don't really see a lot of the time. They don't <laughs> yeah. really hear in conventional ways. So people take advantage of what they can and can't do in that relationship. But it's very important for us to understand that it is a very real relationship. It's a relationship. And you need to spend time with this person, not only to let them know that you love them, but also to get to know them. Yeah. Um, I think studying is one of the most wonderful times you can take, especially this 
these passages in the New Testament to come to understand who the Savior is. Um, because the, although the parables are wonderful and deep, um, what excites me about reading parables is how he reacts to people around him. Um, because later yeah. we see the disciples come up to him and he says, declare unto us the parable of the sower. And immediately he just tells them clear and precisely what it is. He doesn't spend time like candy coating it. He doesn't. Right. And there's no like soft words that he uses. He doesn't say, I don't want you to think this. I don't want you. He just tells them exactly what it is. Straightforward. And it's very important for us to understand that that's the kind of person Christ is. Ooh, Be- like and that's that. how he operates. And that's who he is. And yeah. coming to understand his personality is important. Um, and that's all because to fulfill the command or the, the scripture asking you shall receive. Right. You know, and he's not a liar. Like even in these moments where he's just answering to these people, his, who he is, is fulfilling scripture. Right. You know what I mean? So in all of these scriptures, we come to understand who he is and what kind of person he is and how he loves us and why he loves us and why he cries with us. Why he, I mean, I think I was thinking this the other day, this is a little off topic, but um, a lot of people have this vision of heaven after we die, where it's a place where like, there's no more sadness or sorrow. But the thing is, God is in heaven and he cries with us. He mourns with those that mourn. Exactly. For us to presume that once we get there, we're void of any negative emotion is kind of, I think it's... We're still humans. Yeah, I think it's uneducated because those emotions are still our emotions and they're given to us for a reason. Yeah. We need to have those. Um, With the recent passing of my mother earlier this year, it was something I had to understand. That the sadness and sorrow I felt for her isn't something I replace. It's not something I take away. It's not something I make easier. It's something I understand and learn to love and live with because that sorrow is evidence of my relationship with her. And it's part of who I am as a person. And that's a very, that was a very important lesson for me. And it's opened up a lot of understanding to the gospel. And I think it's very important for us to understand that because a lot of people struggle with depression and they yeah. don't understand. And I'm not saying this is like the, the answer, right? But I think this helps. I think it helps to understand that sadness is part of us. Right. We need to feel it. We can't just get rid of it's it. It's part of mortality. And fighting yeah. it causes us spiritual and emotional damage. Oh, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, okay. I love Michael's, like, shakes and heads and expressions. It really makes for great audio. (laughs) The listeners will be like, yeah, no, I've heard that nod. I totally know that nod. I love it, Michael. Um, okay, when you were talking about, uh, the nature of Christ and how, like, when you're reading the scriptures, you understand more about him. I learned something new through the scriptures in this week. Uh, when the last part talks about how those certain women that minister to the savior. And I wrote, mm-hmm. even Christ need ministering brothers and sisters. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know why it didn't like, I didn't realize that, that like, uh, like I was thinking he's the ultimate minister mm-hmm. was ministering to everybody, but he in turn needed people to minister to him. Yeah. It's very, the scriptures are full of examples of him. When he goes into the, the house, uh, I forget whose house it is, but the woman comes and bathes his feet. Yes. He doesn't push her away. He doesn't stop her for any principle. In fact, he makes it a point to tell the others that yeah. you didn't even do this for me. Yeah. And I think we often forget because he's the head of our church. We forget that he's actually a very real part of the church. He's in the church. He's part of our church. Yeah. Right. He is a member, just part like the, of the rest kingdom. of us. He was baptized into membership. Yeah. You know? So 
it's important to remember that he is our savior and he's also our brother. He's our family member and we need to treat him as such. Yeah, guys. Hmm. Gold. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> In one take, Mom. One take wonder. One take wonder. No, this is our actually fifth take that we did. Shh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You sound good. Come on. Um, um, anything else? God, there's so much, Karen. You keep <laughs> like, I've got this whole note about him coming, like, bringing what? that girl back from the dead. Oh. And, like, like, it's fascinating because I'm just going to go into it. Here we go. Um, <laughs> so, no, you know what? Let's do a little quick 50. If okay. Verse 50, Luke 8. Yes. Verse 50. Let's, let's, let's get there real quick because he says something that blows my socks off here. Honestly, you never know what story, what insight is going to help another person. Mm-hmm. So, might as well just share all is that's what true, I'm about. That's true. Oh, yeah. Someone comes unto him. This is part of the parable. Perfect. Um, someone comes. It's the, the ruler of the synagogue that Christ was teaching him. Okay. And he teaches the parable, whatever. And he comes unto him and he says, uh, my daughter is sick and I need you to heal her, right? Yes. And he's like, okay. And he goes to her and then uh, 50, 50 was it. Oh, he says, but, oh, and he gets the house, right? And one of the servants comes out and tells him, he's like, don't bother. She's dead. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's kind of like, oh no, what do we do? And Jesus speaks up and he says, but when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only and she shall be made whole. And that, I just wrote that down, fear not, believe only, because it's such a simple instruction. Like, just like, and it's so, like, poignant to the gospel. Fear not, believe only. That's the, just believe, all right? And I need to say in. that to myself when I go on dates. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, fear not, just believe that it might work out. That's true, yeah. Um, but continuing on, because this next part is really, really interesting and telling of the uh, Savior's personality, because he goes in there, right? Yeah. And everybody, the family's mourning, and he brings in some uh, Peter, James, and John. Yeah. Um, and they're mourning, and they're sad. And the first thing he does is he says, don't worry. She's just asleep. Like, his first impulse is to comfort these people. That's true. Is to take care of them. And then what's interesting, right after that, they scorn him and laugh at him. because like They're, they're like, like no, they know he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. And then the Savior's reaction to that is actually kind of surprising. Because it's not like he just goes and does it. He kicks them out of the room. Oh, he kicks them out. Um, he said, and they laughed to him. They laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, "Maid, arise." So I found that interesting. Do you think it's because like that kind of spirit, that kind of like mockery, couldn't allow maybe the performance of that miracle to happen? I'm going to say no, because simply because the Savior has power over all of that. He okay. could have done it, he with, have them done it with them in there. I think what it was is he was punishing them for their unbelief. Oh. Hmm. I think he was kicking, he kicked them out because later he, she gets up and he says he, he commanded to give her meat. So she goes out, whatever, gets food and they see that she's alive. Right. And he comes out and says, don't tell anybody. So he, not only did he take away their opportunity to see a miracle happen, but also their ability to go share it. Which is the saddest too. Which is incredibly sad, but it's because they didn't believe. Yeah. That was a question that I had was why sometimes Christ says, go tell everyone. And sometimes he's he's like, don't tell anyone. This, we actually, you should listen to episode two of my podcast. Oh yeah. Because Krista asked the same question and we solved the mystery. Ryan did. So (laughs) I'm going to have to go back to to episode two. (laughs) This is a plug for all you listeners. Yeah. (laughs) 
Episode two. Episode two, we talk about it. With Krista. With With Krista Krista and Ryan. Krista and Ryan. um, (laughs) Who are getting married in two weeks. I know. Krista just went through the temple yesterday, which I saw her at the temple. It was great. Yeah. That's good. Um, But yeah, no, that was very interesting for me to learn that about the Savior is how he treated them because they laughed at him. Yeah. And And knowing the Savior, he doesn't do it out of spite. He does it because there's a specific lesson that they had to learn. Yeah. Um, and I, I personally, there, there's, I can't def- say, hey, this is a scripture that says that. But knowing the Savior as much as I do, I'm not going to say I love, you know, no. Yeah, else, yeah. But from what I understand, this is kind of how I see that being right, being justified, is that he had to make, he had to kind of punish them for their unbelief, because they went and called the Savior to come do a miracle, and then they didn't they believe. Didn't believe. They showed up, you know. Was it also you think they were just upset that that she had died? I think perhaps. It was like, man, yeah. you didn't come at the time that we needed you to come. But how many times in our life do we sometimes get upset, right? Yeah. Or of like, man, Heavenly Father, like, I needed you to perform this miracle. And it wasn't performed yeah. at the time that I wanted it to be performed. It I happens. Think, yeah, it happens. No, it does. It does happen. And I think it's important for us to understand that that's, that's a bad habit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's bad because... It, it goes against fear not, believe only. You know, right. We have, to, we have to shed these cares of the world. Like these people thought that when she's dead, she's dead, she's gone, you know. So right. They, that, that was the extent of their faith was to the death. That's as far as it went. Mm-hmm. And when the Savior found that out, and, and not only did they, if, if it would have been different had they said, I, I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lord, but they scorned him and laughed him out. They chose to oppose him. Yeah. Um, in a moral way. But isn't it so kind of the Savior to be like, he could have been like, all right, bye. Yeah, no, but he but still. But instead, he still did it. Yeah. He still performs that miracle. Which, which shows a characteristic of him too. Absolutely. Which brings us back to, to Legion. Because Legion came and yeah. said, it was really interesting because Legion comes and says, take uh, pity on me. Don't, he, he, he said, don't send me to the deep. And when I looked that up, it kind of referred to the bottomless pit that Satan's supposed to be cast in during oh. millennium. It makes me think it might be, you know, the equivalent of outer darkness. So whatever these demons and things that exist on our earth or whatever, yeah. that do these possessions, whatever, um, they're afraid of that. Yes. And he pleaded not to go to that place. And the Lord had mercy on him and didn't send him there. Instead, sent him into the pigs. Right. And it's fascinating that the that Lord took mercy on devils that possessed yeah yeah Yeah. he is so loving and when it comes to well when it comes to judgment day i want him on my side (laughs) (laughs) i want him to be like yeah i know jared i can vouch for her she's testifying of me well gonna ask me again and I'm gonna find another note. Like, yes. <laughs> no, she's learned her lesson. She's just done asking. Because <laughs> there's a fig tree parable in here for you. Oh, oh shoot! So that'll, Dang be, it. that'll be homework for you listeners. Yeah, uh, exactly. Go read the rest of uh, Luke chapter 13? 13. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for doing this. I know it can feel daunting. <laughs> I'm glad you guys came. I learned a lot. I think the listeners probably learned something or two. I hope so. Maybe they learned how. You guys probably learned project. something. Definitely, definitely. So, anyways, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah.